0: are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of it's all
1: possible a bigger audience more impact and a new revenue stream we'll show you how I'm Jenny Barcelos and I'm Sandy Connery and this is the soulful MBA podcast <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 59 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Today's episode is called Ephemeral. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. (laughs) Hello, Jenny. Hi, everybody. Uh, We have a fun episode for you. So this episode is a little bit about social media. We kind of talk about social media a lot, I feel like, for not being a social media brand or agency or having software in the social media space. But it seems like it just comes up all the gosh darn time for ourselves and our business as well as for our clients. So we think about it a lot and read a lot about it.
0: It's because it's the way you market in this day and age. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast because there is a change happening out there. And I wanted to discuss this whole concept of ephemeral, which is such a great word. Like I had never heard marketing or video content referred to as ephemeral until about a month ago.
1: Yeah, I love that word. I'm sort of falling in love with it the more we talk about it. So, ephemeral, for those of you who want a little definition, it essentially means fleeting, short lived, transitory. Ephemeral is that content on social media that is there for a few hours or a few days and then disappears. Or, in the case of Instagram stories, one day (laughs) and then disappears. Yeah, I think it started with uh, Snapchat. Uh, yeah. which
0: I have never been on, I know nothing about, and I didn't want to go on Snapchat because because of the ephemeral content. It made no sense to me at the time. I thought it was just the dumbest thing ever. And then, uh, of course, as we know, Instagram started their Instagram Stories, which is basically the same thing, and slowly adopting to it and slowly learning to really love it. But initially... It just seems so silly, doesn't it? Like, you, why would you create anything that is going to disappear or spend any time or energy on something that will be gone tomorrow?
1: Yeah, well, there are a lot of, I think, reasons for that. I mean, let's just talk about, so so I think the best reason to engage with and produce ephemeral content is, is because it'll, it allows for a certain amount of authenticity that I think many of us don't feel like we can engage with in regular social Life or on email or on our website. Like, once you put something out on social media or on your website or, you know, anywhere in the modern age, it's sort of part of who you are forever. I mean, you can use the Wayback Machine and look at, you know, our first website from years ago. Like, everything is sort of stored and archived and captured. And that's not to say that this stuff doesn't still get captured in a server somewhere, because it surely does. Let's just, like the lawyer and me will tell you, it is saved somewhere. However, um, for regular people to access it, that kind of goes away. So I think that there's this freedom that comes because we don't have this pressure that we're going to put something out there and it's going to be on our permanent record.
0: Yes. And it's just I've just been a really slow adopter to it because it just seemed really silly and pointless. But then I started thinking about it when you put something on your Facebook feed, it is basically ephemeral. Yes, it's actually there. The the post itself does not disappear into the depths of Facebook somewhere. However, the your followers aren't going to see it if they didn't see it when it was first posted. Unless right? they so, go
1: looking for unless it.
0: Unless they're searching. And I mean, that's just not typical unless somebody is really studying you and trying to figure out who you are and what you're about yeah. for whatever reason. But for the general use, most of our followers are not searching deep, deep, deep into our, our feeds. And so anything we put on social is basically ephemeral.
1: For the purposes of marketing, I would say for, like, marketing. F- yeah, mm-hmm. for those of you who are in college and hoping to get a job one day and you know maybe don't want to be an entrepreneur, like be gosh darn careful what you post on your social media feeds because... Future employers can find that stuff, right? Like, it's still there. So If somebody yes. wants to go digging around, like, ex-boyfriends or ex-girls, like, people will find your stuff so i i think that that's like the distinction we want to make too at the beginning of this podcast is that obviously we're business women and we run a software company and so and we mentor other entrepreneurs and so we talk we're talking about ephemeral content from that standpoint but um some of this stuff is sort of a little bit different if you're using it in your personal life
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm
1: talking about marketing.
0: Yeah, so I just I'm just slowly kind of getting it and understanding it and welcoming it. Um, The other part was I when I would look at Instagram stories still never have not ever gone on Snapchat and don't plan to. uh, But they all just seemed like pointless to me. And then you said... Sandy, who are you following? What is in your feed? Because you love your Instagram stories, right? You love flipping through them. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, no, they're all so dumb and pointless. And so I cleaned up my feed of who I was following, and now I get it. I kind of enjoy peeking into someone's life and seeing what they're doing. Um, I will unfollow people if if it's just too much talking at me in the in like a video insta story yeah but i think i think i i'm beginning and learning to love that candidness and that sort of spontaneity that instagram or ephemeral content allows
1: yeah i mean we all see ourselves as like the protagonist as the star of our own life movie, I think Instagram stories and Snapchat like really showcase that in a way. And so instead of waiting to watch reality TV once a week, whatever Real Housewives or Kardashian obsession you might have if you're one of those folks, like. You can just tune in daily, hourly maybe, for some people that you want to follow. And they don't have to be on TV, right? Like they don't have to be that famous. They can be a regular person that's just like a little bit famous. Maybe they're a blogger or they have a cookbook out that you like or who knows what. But you can now get a real peek into somebody's life in a way that I I think we never had before. You know, this is sort of like the reason People Magazine and Us Weekly are popular. It's the same, I feel like, desire and and voyeurism that we have as human beings um you know i know some people that we follow like we were just talking about this earlier sometimes it feels like you can't look away it's like looking at a car accident right like it's this what is that like who (laughs) lives like that what is that like there's this fascination with it and You know, I don't know what base instinct that's appealing to, and I don't know that I want to know, but I I also like want us to be mindful of, you know, even though we're coming around, Sandy, you and I to ephemeral content for business purposes, I think we want to still keep in mind the work and the words of Tristan Harris as well, and the fact that we're being really mindful about where we're spending our time and where we're encouraging other folks to do that, because um, Tristan, for those of you, what podcast was that? Was it? Analog Or humanity. Or humanity. Well, both of those those are good episodes. They were in the same period, yeah. (laughs) But we we talked about Tristan Harris, and he used to be an ethicist at Google. And he's come full circle, really, and and publicly. But he's been speaking out about the danger to us as human beings, to our minds and our psyches and our well-being um, from spending so much time sort of hijacked emotionally and mentally by our smartphones and by social media. And so this you know this is all related to that concept as well. But for the purposes of our discussion here today, we wanted to talk about ephemeral content as it relates to a, to be a marketing tool for for businesses like ours and yours. And I think there is tremendous value and liberation in using it as such. And you know, we've really started to change our marketing a lot in recent months. It started this summer, in the summer of well last summer, the summer of twenty seventeen. And we've been slowly shifting every single thing we do in our marketing, little tiny changes, week by week and month by month. And um and I'm and I think it's related to to this ephemeral content piece.
0: I really want to emphasize, because I know there's people out there who are like me who just sometimes feel like social media is such a waste of time and it's very difficult to get behind. You're probably not 20, but it's just if you have chosen to build an online business, you really need to figure this out. And I know that we have a number of clients who have said, I don't want to do the marketing. I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to do that part of it. And unfortunately, you're just not going to have a business. So I feel like embracing this side of it and learning it and understanding it, and learning how to do it well, and how to do it in a way that really shows or communicates the essence of your brand is the key. And it's just like, if you opened, you know, a brick and mortar location, and then never told anybody or never, you know, just unlocked your door and sat there and waited because you chose not to do marketing, you chose not to go and create flyers or do, you know, magazine ads or newspaper ads or get on the radio or TV or whatever, old school, then you're not gonna be in business very long. Part of this episode, I wanted to really emphasize that I know that the marketing side is hard and cumbersome, but it is an absolute necessity for you to be successful online. And so I'm very slow to adopt to this. And I think partly because of um, I didn't grow up with it. And uh, so I'm kind of loving it now. And I just wanted people to look at this as an important piece of their marketing business.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about some of the reasons why Ephemeral, I think, is doing so well. We we talked a little bit about authenticity. So this this liberation that comes from thinking what you post is not going to be up there forever it's not going to be part of your grid of your profile in instagram it's not going to be pinned all over pinterest on people's boards it's you know it's not going to be something that's there for a long time for most people to see and so you can post like blurry images or you can post videos of yourself when you don't feel well put together or awake you can sort of like take chances experiment um, and do do engage in activities that maybe you're not ready to commit to. So you can, you can use it as a testing ground and as a way to share parts of yourself with smaller percent, a smaller percentage of your audience. So I think that's one aspect of ephemeral content and why it's so powerful and so popular. Yeah, I think that the feed,
0: like your main, if we're talking about Instagram, you know, your feed can be like really a beautiful brand story and then your Instagram stories can be things that are a little perhaps off-brand or like you said the picture that's not quite perfect or something that's maybe humorous and so to me it's like oh that's all the things sandy is like that (laughs) uh, that's like all the stuff i want to post or or do or say is perhaps not quite what we want to do for for our brands and so i'm like yeah i think that i am an instagram story person all of a sudden so we're the
1: opposite yeah, per yeah, usual. Which, like, I'm yeah. so introverted. The only way I can have a podcast is because the experience for me is just me and you talking, Sandy. And that's um, and then, you know, <laughs> other people listen. But I don't I'm not a part of that side of it <laughs> in real life. I mean, I, I love I love that we have a community of listeners and I love the feedback. And I know on some level that what you and I are saying right now will be heard by other people in the future, but it's not quite real to me versus like Instagram stories stories are so instant like it's it feels um like such an invasion to me of my privacy in a way that that podcasting doesn't even though I'm totally honest in myself in in these conversations so I'm I'm working on it like I think this is something that I am just you know I want to be able to come around to I want to be able to be a little bit more myself Um, in this ephemeral content but it's still tricky for me to be honest like I'm I'm a really private person and it's just who I am yeah
0: and but I don't think Jenny it has to be like you know you've got to respect that and I don't think you need to change just to fit into social social media because there's this new trend in 2018 but you know like it's important to say then that it can be a graphic right it can be a picture of not not you and it doesn't have to be live video you can Upload and we do that for the podcast. Well, you actually make an Insta story about a uh, the release of a podcast, right? So I would hate that someone feels like they have to really change who they are, do something incredibly difficult just because they, you know, they're supposed to.
1: I don't feel like I have to. I, I do feel though like it's an opportunity for growth for me and for me to share, you know, parts of my life and parts of the experience of running our company together that might. Be helpful Mm -hmm. to someone or interesting to someone. And I think I just have to be open to the fact that, you know, I'm the kind of person that likes to make sure something is like triple edited and perfect before it gets posted. And that, that like takes that away from me. Right. So I I love it. I know it is. (laughs) It's like messy and fast. (laughs) Well, let me say why I'm happy about this shift too. And then we can get into some of the other reasons why ephemeral content I think is so powerful. So I think that the growth of ephemeral content is in many ways a response to the strategies that were being used in social media in recent years to repurpose content and sort of blast content out across different channels over and over again. And you know, we engaged in that. That was sort of best practices and some people still consider it, it to be best practices. I um essentially we've put an end to that in in really recent weeks um because of both some like personal preferences that we have about what that means for our culture to be blasting out the same messages over and over again, but but also because it it simply doesn't work very well anymore. If you want the context for what I'm saying, if you look at tools, which we use and have used like SmarterQ or Meet Edgar or Buffer or Hootsuite, like there are a lot of social media scheduling tools that also allow for the repurposing of content. And for the last few years, that's been considered a really powerful strategy for getting your content seen by more people, right? Because you put all this work into recording a podcast or writing a blog post or putting on an event or selling an ebook, right? Like that you want to make sure people see it. And the best practice for a long time on platforms like Facebook and Twitter in particular were to repost, 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 repost um, like every few minutes in some cases on your platforms, on your channels, on your feeds so that whoever happened to be online when that content was posted would see it Um, and what's happened is the algorithms in these different social media platforms have you know gotten a little bit smarter the people who work in these in these companies have realized that marketers for the most part were doing this and so um, they've outsmarted them now, and so it's the what gets shown to someone in their in their feed now is not based on what time it was posted. It's based on a whole bunch of factors that we don't really have transparency into, but they have to do with how much engagement there was, like how much text there is on graphics, oh, like there's double tapping, yeah, <laughs> double tapping on Instagram just I'm just going to say this if you ever see double tap written on any caption on any of our posts it was not me that put. Jenny <laughs> I
0: just wrote that in all the scheduled Instagram <laughs> posts double tap if you like this.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach train and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. That's the context. I think why ephemeral content has taken off is because it's a direct response to, like, you can't make this up. Like, you can't program this in. Like, This is somebody showing a real life experience, you know, in real time, and you can't skip like schedule it to post every two minutes and it's it's irrelevant if it did right so it's this it's this like way to humanize these platforms that had largely been taken over by robots and um and so i think in a way that's good i'm glad because i really couldn't stand the idea of reposting the same stuff over and over again it felt just to me like what are we like what are we putting out into the world like we're filling the world and the internet with just all this garbage right like for lack of a better Word, not that that the work we create is garbage, but to be like posted over and over and over and over again, it just to me didn't quite sit well with me.
0: I don't have that problem with it. I think if it's done well and you have good content to repurpose it a few months later, I, I don't I don't see an issue with it. I think uh, when we were talking earlier, you know, you were describing seeing someone's content over and over, and that's not not what's supposed to happen if you only have four blog posts then don't repurpose your blog posts you know every two weeks or three weeks I mean people are are probably going to notice but I think if you have a lot of content a lot of good content that's still relevant today like you have to go and call like if something you know if we were talking about something to do with the old algorithm on Facebook and we're repurposing that then today then no that doesn't make sense
1: yeah, I think we actually agree with each other. I I think that what hap- I think people abuse those those tools more than maybe you've seen, Sandy. Like I've seen people abuse those tools a little bit. You and you so, were talking specifically
0: on Twitter. You saw. Well,
1: I've seen it on Twitter. Yeah, a lot on Twitter where people are posting like every few hours the same content over and over again. So yeah. <laughs> um, that happens. But and, and strategically, like I think people are doing that because they're like, hey, I want as many people as possible to see this. So I'm gonna program this robot scheduler to send this out over and over and over and over again and not pay for an ad. And so what's Twitter outsmarted that. Like, I mean I think that's that's what's happened. And so Twitter is not going to show that to everybody who follows you every 10 minutes like they won't because you're unless you're paying for a Twitter ad they're not going to do that. So it's been really interesting to to watch that that journey take place, I think. And so, yeah, I think if you have content, we have and will continue to have a From the Archives post of our previous podcasts. Podcasts that were really popular, we received a lot of engagement on or um, a lot of comments on or feedback on in our community, we're gonna share those episodes again because they might be valuable to someone. But we make it really clear that like we're you know strategically and intentionally taking this old episode we're putting this very clear label on it that is from our archives and we're putting it out. And we're we do that I think with intention. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um so and to me that's not the same as having a robot schedule something over and over and over again. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But it is a robot scheduling it. <laughs> it. Well, yeah. But it's Sandy. Sandy H Knowing time telling the robot doing. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So you know, I think we're 80% in agreement and 20% in disagreement on that and that's fine. And I you know I'm curious what our listeners think about this. I mean, you know, I'm not a heavy social user personally. I only use it in our business and I study it a lot and we use it a lot in our company. And so um I you know I think that a lot of these changes that we're seeing Facebook and others making to the their algorithms have have to do with appealing to their, you know, regular people, not to the business. The businesses that are marketing on on these platforms. And so it's really interesting because, you know, we're business owners and in a lot of business communities. And um, the, feed, the feedback that I get, you know, from my friends <laughs> versus like my regular friends that aren't in business versus from business friends and colleagues is so different whenever any of these changes come down, right? Like people have such a different response to the fact that like, yay, I'm not going to get shown Posts from businesses as much. I'm gonna get more posts from my friends and all the businesses we know. The business owners are Mm -hmm. like, "Oh no, this is Facebook zero. It's the end of Facebook, right?" And so it's so fascinating to see the difference there.
0: Yeah, it's certainly interesting times, and uh, I'd be really curious about our listeners' experience with uh, using Instagram Stories. Do they like them? Do they personally post or use it for their business? I'd love to hear your stories if you
1: want to give us a comment in instagram because that is where we are hanging out these days yeah and we're gonna we're gonna put more stories up too so if you want to talk to us in there <laughs> and come on make in. fun of us just <laughs> yeah be nice or otherwise our stories will go away <laughs> um so let's sandy let's just go through some of these other reasons why ephemeral content is on the rise and in, in social and i think in our culture um you know we we hinted at this earlier the fear of missing out i think is another big uh a psychological manipulation tool that people engage in right with each other and i think that's why we we play on social to begin with at like it's that monkey part of our minds that is you know wanting to participate and um not miss out on something that somebody else is doing and so we're drawn to social to see what other people are doing and obviously those are highlight reels for the most part but we also want to then participate too because we don't want to be the people that sort of get left out of our community because we're not participating so I think that's that's one of the other factors
0: yeah but just one of those scary factors to me that I feel like I have to watch Instagram stories because I might miss like I don't yeah I don't like that. Like, that feels like the whole keep your attention on this platform because you might miss out. So, but really, I saw a stat um, that was the the Instagram story stats is that 250 million daily users on stories, which is just
1: staggering. Yeah, we're fascinated by each other, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we as human beings are fascinated by what other people are doing. Like, who would have thought, you know, that – our culture would be dominated by like looking at what other people eat and how they work out and like what the kids are doing and we are like as a culture we are obsessed and so it's kind of you know I don't know I feel like we're in this like huge social experiment all of us together and some of us are really cognizant of the fact that we're all in a social experiment together and we're like sort of participating in it with you know on one with one foot in and the other foot we're sort of like outside and watching Um, and I think but like largely our culture is just in it and who knows how it's all gonna play out but I mean it makes me nervous sort of like the activist in me is nervous like because we're so you know Focused on this mon- mundane minutiae in our lives and in each like other's face, lives, like face filters. Like you will never see an Instagram story with a
0: face filter on, <laughs> yeah, me, ever. Like
1: what? But I again, I, I feel like I say this every episode. Like, what are we not focused on because we're doing that? Like, it's dangerous to me. But mm-hmm. you know, I you know, I'm willing to to like every few days, like give a peek into my life. If that if that it means something to someone, I'm I'm sure. And you know, there's a part of me that is would love to engage with people in that way because. Um, everything else uh, about being a business owner feels quite formal. And so this idea of of like just taking that wall down and being like, hey, this is what it's like on my walk in the afternoon. And this is my life. And this is what being an entrepreneur is to me. And I'm okay with that. And I love seeing other people do that, you know, to be honest. And so who
0: who do you think does Instagram stories really well?
1: Oh, well, me, I I, I follow like I don't. I follow a lot of like bloggers, like healthy people. Um like I really was a fan of and a participant in for a, a short time like the he- sort of healthy living blogger community. So I follow a lot of those people. Um but I don't know. I and I follow my friends' stories, right? Like so that that's where we follow yeah. differently maybe. Sandy is like I really watch my friends. Like I look at what my friends are reading. I look at my like what they're reading, what they're eating. What they're like when they're going to ballet with their daughters. Like I look at that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: I just so Kelly Oxford is someone that I follow, who is sort of a friend of a friend, and and uh, she's quite well known in the whole Twitter world and social media influencer. Um, so she's really good on Instagram stories. And also Jen Gotch. Have you ever watched Jen Gotch?
1: No, I don't know who that is. Oh, oh
0: my god, I don't actually know who she is either, and I don't know how I found her. But she does Insta stories every day. <laughs> they're so funny she just talks about her life and she's like a stand-up comic um oh i don't actually know what she does but she is hilarious but she's in the whole kelly oxford crowd um but they do it they're just but they're funny like you and i are, are not that funny we couldn't couldn't do that i don't but. think i'm
1: funny at, i think you're silly and i don't think i'm funny at all yes yeah, so, silly yeah. is a distinction between funny though like that's that's a sure but i don't <laughs> have a sense of humor so i can't even tell the difference <laughs> Isn't that the heart? That's like the sad part, Sandy. I am like so
0: freaking serious. I know, but that's why you're so fun to tease and bug and be <laughs> sarcastic with and you just freak out and it cracks me up. And I'm like, no, oh I'm God. just kidding. I'm just I kidding. I just
1: like, I'm missing that gene. It's kind of like, you know, whenever I used to watch like commercials for dating apps, this is... <laughs> Whenever I see those and people are like, oh, the most important thing is a sense of humor. I was always like so sad. And I was like, I don't have that. That's like what <laughs> everyone looks for in a mate. And I don't actually have that. I'm going to be alone forever. I'm going to be like, well, no, but even after I was married and like Match.com commercial comes on or whatever during on Hulu. And I see like, oh, I'm looking for somebody with a sense of humor. And I'm always like, God, is there anybody on the planet that wants somebody without a sense of humor? No, nobody would oh, say no. that. See? That you like other things. It's just not humor. <laughs> But but like I feel anyway, this is totally (laughs) derailing. But see, this is what this is what this kind of social media unveils about you. Right. Is that you're like, oh, I can't hide the fact that I'm not funny now. Like (laughs) I can't like just like be anonymous in that like fact about myself. It's just like it's going to be really clear. I'm a really serious person. If I'm posting them to be like, I just saw this owl on this branch, and it was amazing. And like, I really feel like I'm, I'm so freaking boring. And you know, I'm happy to be boring though. Like, I just don't want to have to be a funny person in order to be successful well, in just, life you, or love.
0: You can do the serious Instagram stories, and I will do the funny ones, Deal. the fun ones. Okay. Deal. Okay. <laughs> All right. Should we move into joy and hustle?
1: Let's do it. Okay. I will start with the joy. So this is, of course, like an ironic joy given that we're, you know, complicated people and we talk about this all the time. The fact that like sometimes what we talk about is seemingly at odds with other things that we talk about on this podcast. But I'm really like into planners and journals. And I just don't the, like the, that's juxtaposed with last week's podcast, if you haven't yeah. listened to it, which was about resolutions. <laughs> so like obviously complicated people, right? I'm a complicated person and I love journals. And I'm like super neurotic about what I use in the pens and the journals, all of it. And I admit it and I don't care anyway. And so for those of you who are also neurotic and love, like you love beautiful things, if you don't know about this, I just discovered this recently. And there's this company called Baron Fig in New York and they have like really beautiful journals and there's a, there's line journals and plain journals and dot journals. If you're a bullet journal person and, um, they also have these like really lovely looking pens and I really need a good ballpoint pen. So this is this is a joy that's like my bucket list wish list. It's kind of expensive. I don't actually have it and I don't really need it, but I really want it. So it's a joy. And anyway, they have right now, which we will link to in the show notes, they have a notebook and pen combination called lock and key. And it's this like beautiful brass pen. It's like the most beautiful pen I've ever seen. And I want it so badly. Like... Ugh, I want it more than I should want something. How much is it, Jenny? It's like $77 oh for God. a pen and a journal. So it's pretty expensive. It's not like yeah. $500, but it's expensive for a ballpoint pen. <laughs> and I know, maybe they don't even call it that. They just call it a brass pen. Anyway, but the edition the that I really like is called Lock and Key. And it's a dot journal. And it's like this emerald green. And it looks royal. And that's one of our colors so sandy is <laughs> like emerald green and it has this like beautiful brass pen and I love it's it's got like this like maze on the front of it like this subtle maze it's like mysterious and I love it and I want it really bad and now that I'm making it the joy it's gonna sell out and I'm never gonna get it but <laughs> at least I shared it with you because I'm probably not gonna buy it for myself anyway wonderful I don't know what that is I will look at it but I have not heard of it it's, I am so, anti, pretty. it's so pretty
0: I Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to move into hustle. Um, so, uh, following with this whole ephemeral theme, I am going to recommend the software the little tool called Plan. Um, and it is our new social media tool. We just switched to it like this week, like a couple days ago. I've been in it constantly. So, I feel like I know it quite well. So, what plan allows you to do is to schedule your uh, posts in Instagram. It does not allow you to recycle. We are abandoning that strategy, but it does allow you to at least um, schedule them. But the real plus of this app is that you can it imports your feed and then you can upload your pictures to the the app and then you can, drag your pictures around so you can see into the future what your feed would look like. So you can really get a nice, beautiful look and branding of, of your feed so that it's not just like, oh crap, I just posted two pink things together and I didn't think about that. So you can kind of see into the future and get an idea of what your feed would look like once posted. Um, it also saves your hashtags so you can just uh, have these sort of buckets of, of hashtags and import them and uh, I really do, it has amazing filters on it, too, so I've started doing all of our editing of our photos on there, too, so I like it, and the only thing is that you have to um, type in your caption or copy and paste your caption into your phone. It is only a phone app. It does not have a desktop version, but the good thing is it's only $4 a month for one Instagram account, so super reasonable.
1: Yeah, it gives me a sad face because I can't use the web app to type in my caption. I know,
0: I know. But I I'm going to figure out it. another
1: system. I'm sure there's another know. way. Or I mean, we still also use SmarterQ. I, I mean, we're going to be this like crazy social media people that have like multiple apps for the same thing. We are, we are those people. But you know, part of this is part of our job is to sort of like use this stuff and play with it and test it and recommend it to our clients. So I figure like that's all in the job description as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, it seems great, you know. And yeah. for those of you who have a team, it's really nice because, as Sandy said, sometimes different people on our team, including the two of us, are posting to Instagram, and we don't always know what the last person's post looked like or is the next person is going to look like. And um, and so we often like post stuff that doesn't look good together in a in a grid or in a feed. And so if you are collaborating, you can use this app to collaborate as well. You just have to have your own separate accounts. That's all. But right. anyway. So it might be $8 a month for the two of you. But yeah,
0: it's great. I think it's going to be, um, I've really enjoyed using it. It's pretty slick. Um, so $4 a month. And just the uh, website is plan that with two ends. com.
1: All right, folks, we will see you on Wednesday for office hours. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye
0: bye. <laughs> bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast, it's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba slash sample.